What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. It's week three. Well, almost. Almost week three. Monday night is tonight. We're recording this. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're going to talk about a couple, of guys, a couple of guys like streamers that, you know, that are in tonight's game. Hopefully that pans out <laughs> after, <laughs> after the, as, as the risk that you take by recording podcasts before Monday night football. Uh, but Joe is here. We're going to discuss waiver wires. Um, you know, there were a bunch of injuries. Uh, on Sunday, yeah. um, oh you know, a couple of them do impact waivers, but, um, but yeah, it was just a, it was just a weird Sunday, especially those early games. Um, not a lot of fantasy points scored. So, you know, everybody was wondering like when their guy was going to score, like the only guy who was like doing their thing week in like the early games was, I think it was like DJ Moore. <laughs> like there was yeah. like, one, like one player, Julio Jones. Right. Or was that, no, no. Julio Jones was in the second. Slate, that was right? the second. Nope. Not the early. <laughs> So there you go. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're going to, we're going to do it. So uh, Joe, I just want to ask you first, how, how's it going, man? You doing well? It's going well, going well in my uh, home league and my money league. And looks like I'm going to be falling behind these uh, first two weeks, which is kind of tough to hear. Cause I thought I had a good team going, but you know, it's, uh, it's still early. If, if it's after week four and I still haven't won, then I'll start to be concerned. I hear you, man. Listen, the fantasy football analysts can't win. Nobody can. Mm-hmm. right well, <laughs> people who, the people who beat me can <laughs> i know i know uh, it, it happens all the time dude the people who do the least amount of research always win in home leagues that's how it yep. works um okay let's get right into it man um so we're, we're not gonna like go over all the injuries i think you know the only i think the only um thing that you know the only in- injury um thing that i want to discuss or thing uh, i can't even talk right now <laughs> <laughs> as far as injuries go, the 49ers, that backfield, like, I don't know what is going on, like, in that backfield right now, uh, or not just right now, just in general. Their backfield, every single week, a running back is hurt. What, yep. what is this something in the water? And this like, week, what? all three got hurt. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Mitchell ended up coming back. He has a shoulder injury. Um, but Jermichael Hasey has an ankle injury. That's going to be evaluated today. That No news on that came uh, just yet. Um, then you have, and, and these guys Sermon. are bringing in, yeah, Trey Sermon had a concussion and he fumbled in that play. Not great. Yep. Right. And then you have, yeah, they're bringing in Duke Johnson and they're bringing in Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller. And uh, Carrion Johnson's already on the practice squad. They'll probably elevate right. him. And you right. got Jeff so, Wilson coming back after six weeks. So, yes, exactly. Now, if Trey Sermon does play in week three, like you're kind of, sure that he'll get the, the bulk of the workload. He got two less carries than he did in week two in week one. So, you know, if he's active, he should be good to go. But, but geez, Louise, Same. the injuries, who, who are they going to give carries to? You don't know, right? It, it could be Trenton Cannon. It could be carry okay. on Johnson. It could be clearly they don't really care about any of these players or they're not going to give work to one guy. Elijah Mitchell did get most of the work, but he didn't really do much with it. I mean, he, he, he didn't look great. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the the 49ers, you know, it was a tough Eagles front. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the most ideal matchup in the world. He was fine the week prior, so if he's getting all the work in week three, you know, he's he's definitely more of a lock in week three than he was going into week two. That's for sure. All right, so let's just move on. Um, Joey's the, the last person you should ask about 49ers <laughs> running backs. Is he? It doesn't matter if if there was only one running back on the roster. He he wouldn't 
buy-in. I'll use um, check his name. <laughs> exactly. So so let's let's start with the quarterback pickups, quarterback streamers. You know, um, I, I want to start with with Derek Carr. Like, you know, if, if you know me, like I'm the opposite of a Derek Carr apologist. Um, but the Raiders are going pretty damn pass heavy over the first two games. Uh, and it's not necessarily by consequence. Like he's averaging 400 yards passing. And if you look at their neutral game scripts over the first two games, like when they're in neutral game game script, when they're in a neutral game script, the Raiders are right at the top of the league in terms of how pass heavy they are. So, yeah. you know, you have Miami at home this week. It is one of my rules to never start Derek Carr in fantasy. Uh, and I probably won't, but you might. So just want to, you know, throw that out there, you know, that he is an option for some people not named for us. In terms of people dealing with injuries, Derek Carr uh, report just about a couple minutes ago, dealing with an ankle injury, he's officially listed as questionable with Marcus Mariota also on IR. If he can't go, it's going to be the Nathan Peterman show. Right. In which case. You, you got to start Peterman, of course. You, start. Start Peter, you have to start Peterman. <laughs> um, okay. Jared Goff, you know, recording this before Monday Night Football, of course, but Baltimore, you know, it's crazy to say, but Baltimore has allowed a ton of passing yards over the first two games. Um, one of them was against Patrick Mahomes, obviously, uh, but the other was Derek Carr, right? Goff was just fine against the 49ers two weeks ago, uh, well, a week ago, uh, in garbage time, and he gets Baltimore at home. So I wouldn't overlook him, uh, especially if he has a good game tonight. And if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you know, you can get a good gauge on on Jared Goff with, you know, how he played in garbage time potentially against uh, against Green Bay. And judging by how Aaron Rodgers played in week one, there's no guarantee that this is going to be garbage time, you know, situation for Jared Goff. So who knows? We'll see how that goes. Um, Daniel Jones, he was fine over the first two games for fantasy. A lot of that had to do with the fact that he had rushing touchdowns in each of those games. Um, He does get Atlanta this week, so the matchup is there for him. So, you know, his weapons are there. Saquon getting healthier. Him and Shepard have a connection. Kenny Galladay, you know, probably will get better, hopefully he looked pretty bad over the first two weeks. Um, so he, he's a potential option. And he has that rushing floor, you know, and the rushing upside. You know, he did get a long touchdown called back uh, in week two. By so, call back, you mean Darius Slayton just completely. <laughs> well, Darius Slayton, you know, well, that was a passing touchdown. But, da- yeah, but Daniel no, Jones also got a, a, a long rushing touchdown taken yeah, away as well. He would have had holding, two. He would have had two. Ru- yeah, exactly. It was on a holding. Yeah. It would have been two rushing touchdowns for Daniel Jones with that in that game um so yeah i i just spoke about three pretty shitty quarterbacks so (laughs) i do want to talk about one one good quarterback teddy bridgewater uh he's going up against the jets this week he's gotten by over the last two weeks um and this is a relatively relatively good matchup you know the the jets defense you know is playing better than they should be because of the robert sala effect um but they still their secondary still has issues so you know I think Teddy Bridgewater, he has a bunch of weapons. He could be fine. Sam Darnold, dude, not with Gase anymore. Not looking Gase. good. Looking good. Looking not, over not looking bad. Not looking bad. You know, against Houston this week, uh, thrown for pretty much 300 yards in his first two games. Uh, he has weapons. You know, he, he, and by the way, he gets Dallas the week after that. So he could be your potential streamer for two weeks, which is crazy. I'm rooting for the guy. I'm a Jets fan. I'm rooting for the guy. I hope this was a gay situation and a Jets organization situation for him. Um, so I would, before all those guys, by the way, I would check if Kirk Cousins is available. Yeah. Um, he's going up against Seattle. Kirk has looked great over the past two games. 
Uh, and it seems like he's always in close games, right? Like these games, like it seems like they always have to pass the ball. So this figures to be another close game at home against the Seahawks. And I would love to have Kirk in my lineup this week. If, you know, if I'm, if I happen to be streaming quarterbacks. Yeah. And Kirk is actually uh, only owned in 24.5% of ESPN league. So he should be widely available, which doesn't make sense to me, but he's been killing it. So yeah, definitely great streaming option, especially the first two games of the Vikings. I mean, you mentioned it. It seems like the Vikings inspire these like huge shootouts. And I, I think that's going to continue going to this week, as you said. So, um, you know, it, it's amazing. It's he, a ton of fun. He, he's rostered in 66% of leagues in, on Yahoo. Wow. <laughs> it's just amazing. The drama. Amazing. There's a huge difference there. Um, wow. It's crazy. Um, okay. And also, you know, keep an eye on Justin Fields too. Like I pick him up. Like, listen, yeah. In case Andy Dalton's hurt, Matt Nagy had an emergency press conference <laughs> to let everyone know that Andy Dalton is his quarterback when healthy. Sure, thank you for that, Matt Nagy. Uh, but like, listen, Justin Fields, when he does start, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, Andy Dalton hasn't looked good, so when it does happen, Justin Fields, you know, can potentially be a top six, top seven, you know, top eight quarterback, and that's worth stashing if you're streaming every single week. Um, you know, and if you have a deep bench, like if you have like a bench that's like five or less, maybe yeah. I won't. Uh, but if, if your bench is six or higher, I, I don't mind. I don't mind stashing Justin Fields because it could happen a, a, any week now. Yep. Um, let's move on to running back. Um, let's talk about Sony Michelle first. Dal Henderson has a rib injury. We don't know the extent of it. You know, it's possible that. Uh, he has some damage there, but even if he doesn't what like the best case scenario for Daryl Henderson is that he has to manage pain and he will not see 100% of snaps anymore. Uh, at least not this week. Um, he was seeing hundred percent of snaps pretty much like 95% of snaps up until the point that he got hurt and he was looking good, but you know, now the door has been opened the door of, you know, Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle is came into that game. He looked really good. And, this, I think, best case scenario for Dal Williams over the next, like, I would say one to two weeks is a timeshare. Right? Daryl Henderson. And, was that? Daryl Henderson. What did I say? Daryl Williams. Dude, everything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's why I need you here, man. Because, like, yeah. this is why I need you. I need you to check me. I'm an old man. Now. I'm almost 40. Well, in a few years. But, like, you know, I need you to check me. I'm an old man. So I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you, young man. Absolutely. Um. But yeah, dude, like a Sony Michelle, like he he should be picked up because there is a chance that Sony Michelle can be the one A in this backfield at some point. If he shows out with an opportunity over the next week or two, um, that can you know that script can flip in a minute. What do you think about that? Do you think that Sony Michelle can come in and and have some fantasy relevance, um, you know, because of this injury? Well, when you actually look at his numbers from the previous year i mean he was a damn good running back right yeah. like he's dealt with injuries like a lot of other running backs but for the most part like he was pretty good at what he was doing um i i think there's definitely a possibility that he can take over and be the 1a in this backfield uh sony was first in yards per touch fifth in yards per created fourth uh in uh fifth in yards created per touch and he went against the fourth most stacked box stacked boxes in the league this rams offense is built to cater to the running back i mean the offensive line is great the amount of space they get 
especially with Cooper Cup doing his thing out wide. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, Sonny Michelle can definitely come in and be the one. A Daryl Henderson will likely still keep that passing down role, but um, this will probably be a split. Speaking of people who could become the one A, what about Tony Pollard? I mean, this dude's owned in thirty-eight point six percent of ESPN leagues. He came in and he outproduced Zeke for what seems like the second week in a row. As someone who likes Zeke a lot, and I like Zeke a lot too, how concerned are you by this? I mean, because it seems like the snaps and the routes are in favor of Zeke, but the efficiency and the the overall – I mean, like, look, are you panicking? Are you hitting the panic button as a Zeke owner? I'm not hitting the panic button because I don't think there's any way that Tony Pollard becomes the 1A in this offense in terms of touches. Um I do think that, you know, when you drafted Zeke, you know, you would, you figured that you would get, you know, 75% of the touches here. Right. And and that's what you want as, as an, as a high end RB one. Right. So I think that is out the window at this point, but I do think that Zeke is going to remain an RB one because of the offense that he's on. I do think that he's going to, you know, remain, the, the clear 1A, I, I don't think this is going to be a 1A, 1B situation. I think that Zeke is going to end up being like the clear one with Tony Pollard coming in and, you know, and doing his thing in an efficient manner. And I think they are going to use two backs here, uh, but I don't think this is going to be close to a 50-50 type of thing. Now, in this game, you know, he had 16 touches and Zeke had 18, right? So super close. It was like 50-50, but... It, it, I wouldn't over, I don't want to overreact to this. Like Zeke still outsnapped from 44 to 21. Pollard only played on 34% of snaps. Um, and he got a touch on 76% of his snaps, right? So these were like designed touches for him, right? And yeah. this is obviously unsustainable. So his role and time in the field needs to come up before he becomes like a weekly flex even. Like even though he did outscore Zeke from a fantasy perspective, like in each of the last two weeks, like he was, and for me, like he was always the best handcuff to have, but if yeah. he's available, like you definitely want to add him, just don't overdo it. Right. Like for me, he's still like a 10% of fab at, at best waiver ad for me, because he's still considered a stash. Cause I think what's going to end up happening is that, you know, he might not give you like that type of uh, the every week type of consistency, every week type of, you know, startable fantasy points. I think over the first two weeks, he was able to do it, but it's just not sustainable. Now, can his role increase, right? That's the question. And, yeah. and it can. Uh, but I just think that Zeke does a lot of things very well, you know, to the point where, like, he is the clear guy. Um, I'm not worried as a Zeke, as someone who has Zeke. The, the one touchdown that Tony Pollard did have inside the five, Zeke was on the field there. It's just that they gave Tony Pollard the handoff uh, it was kind of like a trick play where he could yeah. kind of came on the end around where they, were fake, yeah. they were faking it to, to Zeke, you know, uh, you know, for, for like a goal line carry. Um, so, you know, that kind of stuff isn't going to happen all the time, right? This is not like Zeke was off the field and Tony Pollard was in, you know, to vulture him, right? This wasn't like a Daryl Williams vulturing Clyde Edwards Hilaire type Ooh, of situation. Clyde is something we got to talk about this week too. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, we will, we will. Um, by the way, Daryl Williams was not on my waiver ad list. Okay, no, he's not that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah no it's interesting uh but but no uh listen if for someone like me you know i was drafting zeke as like the you know as like rb4 rb5 i think 
can he finish there because of the offense that he's on? Yes. But, you know, he's going to have to score a lot of, of touchdowns. Um, he needs to be targeted more. You know, that's a concern as well, where he's not being targeted as much. Listen, I, I think the Bucks game really put um, – these two games are, are, are very interesting because the Bucks game was an outlier because of the way that the Cowboys played against the Bucks, right? Because of that front seven. 54% of, of plays had stacked boxes you know, against Zeke, which is nuts. And, and it's not even on his rushes, right? It's just overall. And then you have this game against the Chargers where they go run heavy, right? And they, they slow the pace down. Yeah. You know, so it, it was two very interesting games where, you know, I'm, I can't take, I can't uh, extrapolate these two games, through, uh, you know, across the season. Um, so I'm not overreacting from this Tony Pollard thing. I, th- I thought it was great. I think he looked great, by the way. And like on a per touch basis, I think he looked better than Zeke, but I, I don't think this is a situation where Tony Pollard ends up being the one A as long as Zeke is healthy. Does yeah, that make sense? Like, yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, and okay. I mean, no matter what, even at this case, I think Pollard definitely gets flex consideration on a week to week basis. He definitely gets flex consideration. Um, I don't think he's like a weekly flex, right? If that makes sense. Like he's a consideration for a yeah. flex option, especially because Probably of the like upside. A projected 10 points if you're desperate, you know, type deal. Exactly, exactly. But he, and he has upside for more, right? Because of the efficiency, sure. because of the offense that he plays on. And also remember, like coming into this game, they didn't have Michael Gallup, right? Yep. Like they could have changed up their game plan a little bit because of that. Okay, uh, let's move on. Uh, so another really good handcuff, Alexander Madison, right? Dalvin Cook, he did finish the game last week, uh, but he's dealing with an ankle injury. It's not a high ankle injury. He wouldn't have stayed in the game there, but I'm assuming Cook will be fine. Uh, but it's possible they want to hold him out, right? It's very possible. Like, get your ankle right for one week. We're going to hold you out, um, you know, against the Seahawks. But listen, if Cook is out for a game, I think Madison is like a 15 to 20% waiver ad if you really need that RB2 start in week three. But I'm only paying that if I know that Madison, if I know that Cook's going to be out, right? Now, yeah. if Cook is fine and there's, or like there's no news that uh, Cook is going to be out this week, I think he's still like, uh, he, it, this is like the opportunity to pick him up if he's available for cheap. Like whether you have Cook or not, you know, you kind of have him on your bench just in case as like one of those high upside uh, handcuff options. Like, you know, I, I was I was trying to make this point too today about about Pollard. Like, if you have Zeke, right, and you have you kept Pollard on your bench, like w- how do you feel today? Like you don't feel good because like what do you do, right? Like you're still gonna start Zeke, right? But if you had Dalvin Cook and then you had uh Tony Pollard, your overall upside just increased, right? So like having yeah, another player's handcuff is, is a good strategy to increase your upside. You know, uh, if that, if Zeke were to go down now, not now look at your team. Now you got Cook, and you got you got a high upside RB one now. You know, so just just uh, just just keep keep that in mind. You know, when you're like stashing guys like Tony Jones or you know any of the guys that I mentioned. Tony Jones, by the way, you know he's like a deep. Uh, you know, if you want to pick him up, have him stashed as like an Alvin Kamara handcuff. You can as well. Not and remember, like it doesn't mean that you have to have Alvin Kamara. Yeah, because he even didn't do much this week. <laughs> <laughs> he really didn't, man. Some man. guys who kind of what shit a bed, what a yeah, what a shitty week. Um, okay, now if you if you do need someone in the flex in PPR, yeah, you know if you're dying for an RB two, James White, you know, hundred uh, percent. He led the Patriots backfield in snaps. He led the back, Patriots backfield in routes run. He had six targets on top of his five carries. 
legit PPR flex option. If he needs to start someone every week, you know, until you get a, a higher upside guy at some point, it's James White. I think he's the ad. Yeah, Mac Jones is now someone who wants to throw downfield, and the Patriots are letting him be conservative. And it seems like I, I don't think I've seen him throw a single pass over ten yards, uh, at least his last game. <laughs> In that first week, he had some a couple passes to Nelson Aguilar, but for the most part. It's been, you know, 10, 15 yards. It's, it's been under that. And James White has been the beneficiary of that. So, yeah, he looked great. Um, he was one of my favorite waiver ads last week over Elijah Mitchell. Fuck Elijah Mitchell. No, okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, James, we- James White, weekly PPR, uh, flex option. Um, another guy, I don't know if you're planning to talk about him, but Cordell Patterson, right? I mean, this dude was used – him and my – by the way, Mike Davis – Toughest matchup he'll see all year. We'll we'll have to see them again, but you know, overall, toughest matchup he'll see all year. Thirteen point three points in PPR. I mean, this dude was involved as a pass catcher uh, when Matt Ryan was having a little bit better of a game. I mean, even that first week, because Matt Ryan did not get anything done. Both Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley sh- fell short along with the rest of this offense. Uh, Matt Ryan just couldn't do anything. But at this game, he kind of got it going a little bit, and because of that. Mike Davis was very relevant, and Cordero Patterson. I mean, he looked like a stud. Um, he he was on the field for um, about 19 passing plays. He ran routes on 16 of those passing plays. Um, out of those 16 routes, uh, nine of them, he, he was either in the slot or out wide. Most of the time, six out of nine of those, he was out wide. So Cordero Patterson, I expect him to be used a little bit more as a wide receiver, especially with his injury to Russell Gage. So, yes, he has upside as a runner, and he is upset as a kick returner. If you have a league that does kick return punt, uh, points, which I do, I do a lot of those. He's valuable there. He always has a risk to run one back. I mean, if you saw that Tampa game, they specifically tried to kick it away from him to prevent him from returning every single kick. Like they literally wouldn't even let the ball get close to him because they were just scared of what he would do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, Patterson, if you're desperate and you want running back depth, um, consistent upside, I mean, he had about nine points last week, over 20 points this week. And that was against the Buccaneers. So just uh, keep that in mind. I think it's not, not a bad bench dash if you need it. I, I totally agree. And, and you know, th- this could have been a situation where they were using Cordell Patterson, you know, as their Tony Pollard, right? Like because of the matchup, because yeah. of the Bucks matchup. And it's something similar to what the Cowboys did in week one too, uh, you, you know, with, with their running backs as well. Um, I, I, I like the point that you made about Russell Gage. Also, you know, you, we definitely want to bring up the fact that he is eligible um, in both the running back and wide receiver position uh, in multiple platforms. Um, I know platforms. Yahoo, he is, I think yeah. ESPN. I'm not sure about ESPN. Um, Sleeper, he's wide receiver slash running back. Um, yeah. And ESPN, he's only a running back. Gotcha. But gotcha. Well, it's, still, it's still good, though. It's still good, though. I'd yeah. rather him be a running back <laughs> than a wide receiver because – uh, you know, if you have running backs who are catching, you're know, involved in both the running game and the pass game, like he is, uh, that's that's a lot more valuable in that slot. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to talk about Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. Um, you know, this isn't a great offense right now, um, and it was a very tough matchup against the Patriots because Zach Wilson, you know, he couldn't get anything going right against Saw against ghosts. that defense. Saw ghosts, right? Of course. Uh, you see, reporter asked him that. No, I didn't see oh, that. Reporter asked. Oh, goodness, reporter asked him like, "Were you seeing ghosts out there?" That's hilarious. I'm sure it wasn't Manish Manta because he's not allowed in the building anymore. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, so now Ty Johnson and Michael Carter, they it didn't take that long for 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 uh, Tevin Coleman to like be out of this rotation. Like it just happened. Yeah. All it, it it just took one week. 
So Michael Carter and Ty Johnson, they split snaps evenly. Uh, Ty Johnson, uh, you know, over the first two weeks, you know, overall, he was running, he ran more routes, he played more third downs, but Carter looked good, man. Like, like my take, my takeaway here is, is that, you know, he's on the up a little bit, right? Um, the interesting th- thing is in week two, they ran all, on almost an equal number of routes, right? Compared to Ty Johnson being that guy in week one. Um, and the Carter was the one being targeted, right? So like, I think yeah. both guys are stashes, you know, it, you know, if you have deep benches, but Carter, like, I think he's the guy I'll be looking at, you know, to pick up if I can get him for free right now, right? Because if he has a big game, you, you might have to spend a little bit, but I think you can get him for like a zero, zero dollar bid um, in, 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 in a lot of leagues. And uh, he was actually able to make some plays, like despite the Jets offensive line, you know, and all we heard about that, like, you know, they protected Zach Wilson relatively well uh, this week, you know, without Makai Becton. And, you know, we know that Zach Wilson got sacked a bunch of times in week one. Um, so not too bad. Not too bad. So he's someone that you might want to stash uh, moving forward because we know he has a little bit of upside. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to be at least the 1A going to next week. It's just going to be about how much work he's going to get. And we could see that workload go up and down based on matchup, how the Jets are feeling that week, how other guys perform. So it's not a safe bet by any um, any sort of the word. But at the same time, like bench depth is never a bad thing. And if he gets enough work, he could put up 10 plus points each week, you know, especially if he gets the passing work, as you said. So um, that's going to be interesting. We'll yeah. See. Um, Peyton Barber was used in the Josh Jacobs role, uh, on the Raiders. Um, obviously this week they had a very tough matchup against the Steelers, but like Peyton Barber actually played really well. Like, uh, he, he got a ton of yards after contact. He was consistently being, uh, tackled behind the line. Uh, and, and it was really a result of the Steelers, Steelers defense. So don't overreact to like his stat line. Um, but, and Kenyon Drake, like kind of maintained his role as the pass catcher pretty much played a, a, a almost similar role with Josh Jacobs. Um, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, he did get some more snaps, but Peyton Barber was that guy goal line situations. Peyton Barber is going to be the guy as well. So, uh, you know, going into next week, if you need like an early down running back, and if you're kind of grasping at straws, Peyton Barber is an option. Assuming you don't have, assuming Jacobs isn't coming back. Next assuming week. Jacobs isn't back next week, yeah. Um, you know, even he, so, he, it's Gruden. He could give he didn't Peyton Barber somewhere. <laughs> he didn't practice uh, at all last week. He has a toe yeah. injury, turf toe. That's it, never a good thing. So just keep keep an eye out on paper Peyton Barber. You might not have to pick him up today, or like you know, uh, when waivers clear. Um, but you know, you might be able to pick him up on like Thursday when you find out that Josh Jacobs still didn't practice. Uh, and I mentioned Tony Jones as, as someone that you might want to stash uh, as an Alva Kamara handcuff, just in case. Um, okay, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, Sterling Shepard's available in 43% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, you know, again, he, he got a bunch of targets on Thursday night. So, you know, he's available in, in a lot of leagues. So if he's available, I think moving forward for now, he's a solid wide receiver three. Yep. Uh, you can even pick him up on waivers and, and sell him if you want in a package to upgrade as well. That's what I would uh, do. Yeah. And there you go. So, uh, and Rondell Moore, right? You got to talk about Rondell Moore after his huge game, right? A lot of upside here. His routes are moving up. Um, he's uh, amongst all their wide receivers in Arizona. He's still fourth in routes run, routes run amongst the team. Uh, mm-hmm. But the rates of run, uh, the, the the rate of like target per dropback is, is like, is pretty good. Like he led the team in targets, uh, yet he was fourth in routes run. <laughs> he got a target on 33% of routes run, which is nuts. So like he should be picked up, right? Like, but I, I would just caution here. Like they played a ton of 10 personnel. 
They played a bunch of wide receiver, four wide receiver sets in this one. DeAndre Hopkins, Patrick Peterson was on him on the left side the entire time. That could have been one of the reasons that he only got like four, what did he get, four targets in this game? Um, you know, that's not something that, you know, you would normally see. So uh, I think Christian Kirk is still a hold here. Uh, but, you know, th- these three wide receivers should definitely be rostered. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Christian Kirk should be rostered. Rondell Moore should be rostered. Um, I'd spend like 10 to 15% of fab on Rondell Moore this week. I think, you know, he presents some upside. Uh, his percentage of routes run per dropback has increased since week one. And we know that Kyler Murray loves to target him. So if he's on the field, Kyler Murray's looking his way. Uh, so, you know, if his, if his role continues to grow here, you know, he has a, a shit ton of upside. And he looks really good when he does get the ball in his hands. Absolutely. Um, Tim Patrick, you know, he, he's not the number one, by the way. Cortland Sutton is the clear number one. Uh, you know, a lot of people going into th- this week for some reason thought that Tim Patrick might be the guy leading them in targets. Uh, but it was Cortland Sutton. Okay, let's get that out the way. Tim Patrick, though, you know, he could, pretend, he could be like a PPR flex option, though. Like, so he can still give you value. Um, and he was still, he, I think he was second. Uh, he, w- he was right there with Cortland Sutton in terms of routes run. So, you know, he could still do his thing while Jerry Judy's out. Uh, KJ Osborne, another good game from him. Crazy. Five targets. <laughs> yeah, only five targets, though, in this game. But it yeah. was only one less target than Thielen. Thielen had six. So he still produced. And again, like we mentioned, another shootout this week against the Seahawks. So if you need a wide receiver, I think Osborne is the plug and play, right? Like if you need a wide receiver who's sitting on the waiver wire in almost every league. Desperate start. Absolutely. I think he's the guy. Just pick him up, throw him in your lineup, right? Unless the Sterling Shepard you know, is available, you know, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah. Sterling Shepard is 100% a sell this week as well. And, you know, with Evan Ingram coming back, Saquon Barkley being a full strength, uh, there's a chance he won't see the targets he does, especially with Kenny Galladay. I mean, we saw he was visibly upset, so he might get more involved soon. Hopefully, at least the matchup against Atlanta, you know? Everyone thinks he was yelling at the quarterback. He was yelling He's at the... Garrett. No, no, he was, ye- he was yelling at the, the helmet guy because he, his, his helmet wasn't shined properly. So he, he, was ye- he was yelling at the guy who was cleaning the helmets. Really? Did you not see the guy who was standing right next to him? No. Was okay, Daniel Jones, all, was Daniel Jones all, like, leave it alone? First of all, is I just want to let you know, Joe, Joe, that I'm joking. Okay, number one. Okay, number two okay. is that I'm, like, I was, I'm surprised you didn't see the guy who was standing right next to him, <laughs> like literally just shining helmets. Like his job is the, is the helmet shiner. And all he could hear is like Kenny Galladay just yelling into his ear, but he's just looking down at the helmet while Kenny Galladay <laughs> is Dude, yelling like, on the top Kenny of his Galladay's lungs. A fucking dick. Like he's just sitting there yelling at the helmet. <laughs> no, no, no. You have to, you have to watch. Now you have to watch the video again. Because when you see the guy shining the helmet, you're going to start laughing. <laughs> because it's like the first time I saw that, I was like, oh man, poor helmet guy. <laughs> He was getting an earful. Taking his paycheck, <laughs> just doing his job. Oh, man, too funny. Too funny. Okay, um, a couple guys that you want to check on, on the if, if they're available on the waiver wire. Marquise Brown. He's available in 33% of Yahoo leagues. Pick him up. He's like fifth in fantasy points or something like that <laughs> for wide receivers. Um, check if Michael Pittman is available. He's available in 40, 40% of Yahoo leagues. He led the team, I think, with 11 targets and produced in a big way in week two so so pick him up you know he's not necessarily like an every week start for me yet 
But, you know, just pick him up. You can leave him on your bench if he's available. Especially Wentz with the double sprained ankles. Double sprained, dude, I, when I saw that, I just, like, pictured somebody, like, walking like a dog, <laughs> you know, like, with a bow-legged. You know, that SpongeBob thing? It's like, every morning I wake up and I break my arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, check if Marvin Jones is available. Uh, he's averaging 10 targets through two games. He's available in 37% of leagues. Uh, Will Fuller available in 33% of leagues. He should be back this week. Apparently he's back in the building. Apparently he, like, I think the report was he feels better. So uh, with whatever's going on with him. So like he, he might be back in the lineup. He sh- I'm not starting him this week, but he'll be in my line. He'll be on my bench. Um, Jacoby Myers, he led the team in targets. Like you said, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. target the ball down. They didn't target downfield much. And they didn't have to in this game. They just had to run the ball, control the clock. That's it. They weren't, Mac Jones wasn't asked to do anything. So Jacoby Myers, better days ahead. Uh, just watch if people even drop him, honestly. You know, if people do, you know, ro- if people have him roster ready, sometimes you got to make those hard cuts and he might be one of them. So keep an eye mm-hmm. out on that if, he, if he's not available today. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to a few names here. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, no, I just want to mention Christian, Christian Kirk too. He's a stash. Uh, you know, he's available in some leagues as well, but I'll, I'll keep him. You can play him from outside, upside if you need him. Uh, who you got? So Elijah Moore, our guy, yes. right? He uh, he had 24.2% target share. He led all Jets wide receivers in snaps. And, uh, I mean, if you watch the game, it just looked like Zach Wilson was looking for him early and often. Uh, it, it, you know, we're forgetting that first game he played, we kind of had some hope that he would come in and do his thing. But ultimately, like, that was his first NFL action ever. He didn't get to play any preseason. He was coming off injury. So uh, we did have some high hopes for him. He didn't meet them in week one, and that's okay. But and, and he, had, he had a ton of air yards, though, in week one, though. Yeah. So th- that was something that to look forward to. <laughs> yeah, in, in week two, he really came in. And, uh, you know, the Patriots took away Corey Davis, and that probably played a huge part in Elijah Moore's target share. But for the most part, I mean, Zach Wilson looked really comfortable trying to get him the ball. Elijah Moore made some great plays. And uh, he looked good out there. So I'm, I'm hoping this is a sign of better things to come. I'm hoping we're going to see more and more involvement going forward. Um, yeah. And these two no, have a bright future. These two have a bright future, man. I just want to say, because like Zach Wilson, even though he had a bad game, he made some mm-hmm. really nice throws also. Like there, there is promise there. Right. So he looked good and he was definitely looking for Elijah Moore all, all game, all game long. And even on the couple of the interceptions, you know, it was, it was to Elijah Moore. So uh, but yeah, uh, I totally agree. Don't drop more yet if you have him. And if he, even if he's available, he is a bench stash. Exactly. And the other guy I want to mention is Van Jefferson. He did not have a great game by any means this week. But what is interesting is if you look at the snaps for these Rams wide receivers, uh, Robert Woods, by the way, he had like 75 that first week. He went up to 99 this week. So Robert Woods is back to being a full-time starter. Um, and Van Jefferson, he went from about 75 to being in that 99, 95% category. So uh, Deshaun Jackson dropped down to 2%. It seems like Van Jefferson has solidified himself as the third wide receiver on this team. If Matt Stafford gets into a game where he's going to need to throw the ball a lot, Van Jefferson definitely gets that flex upside. So just worth noting, if you want to stash Van Jefferson and keep him as that kind of guy, um, he, he might have some big games as we saw in week one. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Deshaun Jackson didn't even uh, run one route <laughs> in this game. Yeah, uh, I think he had exactly. like three snaps, but no routes. And Van Jefferson ran the same number of routes as Cooper Cup. So yep. uh, I, to- I totally agree with you. It, you know, Tyler Higby also, he didn't get any targets. So it was just one of those games where uh, they didn't have to run the ball. They didn't have to, 
pass the ball a lot. I mean, th- think about it, like 32 routes. That's it. Like, you know, as the maximum number of routes, uh, they didn't run the, uh, they basically didn't pass the ball. That's <laughs> as, as, as pretty much what, you know, what that comes down to. So I totally agree on the Van Jefferson call. Um, Darnell Mooney, you know, someone you might want to keep on your bench, you know, in deep leagues. Um, you know, I can see him being, a, you know, a cut casualty, but, you know, I think better days are coming. Uh, but, you know, I can, I can, seen. He, you know, he had a touchdown, you know, and he's even leading. Uh, did he have a touchdown? I think he did. Um, no, I, I don't. Hmm. No, no Allen Robinson, Robinson had a touchdown and Darnell Mooney had a ton of targets. Yeah, he did out-target Allen Robinson. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you know, he could he could sustain you for now. Um, but better days are coming. So if you want to keep him on your bench, do it. And if he's available after some roster cuts, um, he, he's just, just look out for that um, because because better days are coming and he has 100% route participation as well. Yeah, so um, uh, six catches on eight targets for yeah. 13.1 points. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's move on to tight ends. Not a lot, dude. Not <laughs> a lot of tight anything? ends. Like, I have nothing. No, <laughs> it's so hard. Um <laughs> Max Williams, you know, I guess like a 24, he had 24 routes, by the way, same number of routes as Rondell Moore, Um, you know, Kirk Green, Hopkins ran more. So Hopkins ran 40 routes. So that was like the most. Um, So that gives you some context. Max Williams ran 24. And by the way, Max Williams had one target with zero catches in week one. So that can tell you what his floor is. Zero. Um, Austin Hooper, someone that you might want to look at if Jarvis Landry and OBJ are out. Hooper can see some targets next week against the Bears. Just keep in mind that they do rotate these 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 tight ends there. Yeah, you want to um, hear the top three target share for Cleveland this week? Let's do it. Got Austin Hooper around 23%, Harrison Bryant at 19%, and then David Njoku at 14 and Those are the top Amazing. three target share for Cleveland Browns, all three tight ends. So I, I don't uh, – David Njoku was like the guy, quote-unquote, week one, and Hunter Bryant made some plays this week. I, it's just – it's so tricky with these tight ends. Right. I think the guy that I would go for is Gerald Everett. Um, he took a step forward in routes this week. Um, he only caught one ball. <laughs> okay. And he only saw two targets. As but opposed his, to two his, the week before. <laughs> his usage is actually getting better. Uh, you know, this week they they went super tight distributed distribution to Ty Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, so keep an eye on him. You know, someone you might want to roster. Okay um dawson knox maybe you know no other tight end ran a, a route for buffalo except him so you know he can potentially get some on a, on a pass heavy offense and you know two straight weeks where the buffalo hasn't like been amazing so you know better days ahead for that that offense yeah i can't wait to move on to defenses now so a couple defensive streamers i got carolina at houston i'll go for it you have one more yeah, I had I had two things I wanted to mention. One, Evan Ingram, he's available okay. in thirty two point four percent of leagues. He's coming off Good injury, one. and look, there's not really a lot going on in the tight end space. When he's yeah. been healthy and on the field, he's produced and he's been involved. So uh, definitely a name worth worth uh, stashing if you need a backup. And I also, think he he's the pickup like, out of all the tight ends that yeah. I mentioned. He's probably like the number one ad. Yeah, right. honestly, um, I don't know if we talk about Jack Doyle. He had eight targets this week. Um, I'd, I'd have to see exactly how many other routes and everything the other guys ran. But for the most part, I mean, look, if Carson Wentz comes back, there's not really much going on in terms of wide receivers. You know, Michael Pittman had a big game. Sure. Zach Pascal's doing his thing. Sure. But if Jack Doyle really establishes himself as the tight end one here, he might get some good usage and we've seen him be relevant in the past. 
So um, just some guys to mention, our, our, our sweetheart James O'Shaughnessy uh, had a high ankle sprain. I, I actually started him in DFS. He had one big catch and then sprained his ankle. So I was like, oh, well, there goes that dream. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, let's move on to defenses. Like I mentioned, Carolina at Houston, that defense, listen, like they're, they're playing well. You know, over the first over the first two weeks, so they got yeah, a good matchup against Houston. They shut down Alvin Kamara. Did not see that coming at all. Um, you got Arizona at Jacksonville. They're available in most leagues as well. Um, and you have Vegas against Miami. Tua Tagovailoa might be out. He himself has a rib injury. So um, you know, Vegas is at home against Miami. Uh, you know, potentially uh, who's their backup? Jacoby Brissett, right? Jacoby Brissett. He did okay, yeah. but you know they still got zero points. So he, he did throw a terrible interception, though. Mm. Um, you know when he when he first came in. Oh my goodness, he just lobbed it up there for the defense. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it. So not not this waiver wire. Honestly, like I would save your money. That's my advice, right? Yeah. Like don't don't put up too too many dollars. Like I think the top waiver wire ads are probably Rondo Tony Moore. Pollard. James White, Sterling Shepard, Rondell Moore. You know, that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. Those are the guys that I'll spend a little bit of money on. But that's, I, I you know, that's about it. Also um, worth noting, uh, I'm trying to keep a list of some guys who are coming back from IR or yes. coming off the pup list or stuff like that. Rashad Bateman, um, we, we've seen, you know, Lamar, has, Lamar looked like pretty good as a pass catcher recently. I, I think we didn't mention him, you know, with Sammy Watkins there, Marquise Brown. Will Marquise Brown keep doing his thing, or will this end up being a Bateman and Brown type thing? So Bateman's available in over 90% of leagues. So if you want to take that shot on him, take that shot on him, stash him in your IR. Um, Jeff Wilson, I mentioned before, he's on the pup list. So, you know, he's out there somewhere. Uh, and all the 49ers running backs are currently injured. So if you have the IR spot, you want to grab him, throw him in there, then you can do that. Um not too many other names I mentioned. Evan, Evan Ingram coming off injury. Curtis Samuel, potentially, if he uh, you know will be there. Um, just got a notification. Tyra Taylor will be out for a while. So that makes the Carolina streamer even better. Yeah, and uh, Hassan Reddick, if you guys play in IDP leagues, pick him up. Big start. All right. I, th- I think that's it, guys. Um, short and sweet this week. Um, I hope you guys get who you want on the waivers. Hope you guys get that W from week two. Uh, let's move on to week three. Let's do it. Yes, sir. I'm, fa- I'm Faraz. I- I'm-, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy. That's Joe at fantasy.football.analyst. Joe, what's up? Real quick, what do you need to happen tonight to win? Just so we know in the next podcast, we can people can guess if it happened or not. Do you need anything to win tonight? Yeah. Because I need a yeah, huge I, game from I mean, TJ Hawkinson, Tracy okay. Walker, and Aaron Jones. I need DeAndre Swift to have like, you know, a good 10 to 15 points in PPR for, for me to win a couple leagues. Um, I think that'll okay. happen. Yeah. That's awesome. pretty much it. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's nothing too crazy. I need one league. I need Devonta Adams to have like not a huge game. Like if he keeps it below like, you know, 20 points in a PPR league, I'll be all right. Um, but, you know, I can't bet against Devonta Adams. I feel like he's going to go yeah. ham tonight. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool, man. Um, hey, guys, th- thanks for listening. Uh, we'll, we'll see you guys soon, and uh, we'll be back on Thursday with the uh, first part of our week three previews and matchups. See you guys later. See you.